Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. How many of us have been enjoying no offense? You're offended by no offense. That's so amazing. That means that this series has been doing its job, as a matter of fact. Uh, the Lord gave us this series to communicate, and then he told us to keep the series going. And so we are at part number seven. Somebody say seven. seven. Part number, okay, let's do it like this. Say seven. seven. Part seven of the No Offense series. And we've been learning a lot along the way, and I think that the Lord is doing a work of preparation. Preparation for the future that he has established for you. Um, I don't think it's by happenstance that this series came about at this time, or that he decided that we needed to keep this conversation going. What you need to know is that you have a future. I said you, you have a future and that the Lord wants you to be fully prepared for what's to come. Um, here at All Nations Aurora, we heard from the Lord that this was the year of what? Cultivation. cultivation. That this was going to be a year of cultivation. I'm like, that's not real bumper sticker friendly. I didn't say it's the year of harvest. It's the year of breakthrough. It's the year of increase. Like y'all would have shouted real big if that was the declaration. But what the Lord said was that this year, year of 2023 was going to be a year of cultivation because there were some things, some areas in our lives where the ground needed to be cultivated to make room for new growth. Somebody say new growth. And that's what the Lord has been doing all year, and he really has been digging in to all of us with this series, No Offense. Um, so we're just going to keep that conversation going. And the Lord showed us something, a nuance to this conversation that we need to share today. And one thing that we need to know about offense, because we've attacked it from many different angles thus far, it's important that we start to see offense in two stages. Because we don't want you to get the idea that there's something that you can do, there's a prayer that you can pray that will allow your life to never experience offense. Because that's not realistic. The reality of the situation is you will have plenty, a whole lot of opportunities to be offended. Why? Because we are living in a fallen world amongst a bunch of fallen people. And so it's important that we have a realistic viewpoint of how we as believers, sons and daughters of the Most High God, are going to handle the situation that causes us to be offended. So we need to look at it in two stages. Somebody say stage one. Stage one is the feeling of offense. 
That's when somebody say something crazy, <laughs> post something crazy, do something crazy that causes you to feel a certain type of way. That's the feeling of offense. Say feeling. That's the feeling of offense that we all shall experience. Some of us experienced it today. Let's take a survey. Raise your hand if you've never been offended before. I don't see one hand. Wow, we all have something in common. <laughs> okay, 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 raise your hand if you were offended this week, in the last seven days, somebody offended you. A lot more hands in the air. And the rest of y'all are lying in church, which is like a double sin. But the truth is, offense is everywhere, and we all enter into stage one, which is that feeling of offense. Somebody did something, said something, posted something, we heard something that caused us to feel offended. And then, after we all enter stage number one, we then process into the second stage. Say stage two. Stage two is the choice to live or not live offended. We all enter both stages. Stage one, that thing happens, offense pops up in our spirit. And then we all migrate to stage two, all of us, where now there is a decision that has to be made. Either we are going to decide by choice to live in that offense, or we are going to decide by choice to not live in it. Either way, we're going to have to make a decision. We're going to have to choose. We're going to have to pick what we're going to do. Today's message is entitled, Pick Your Poison. Pick your poison. Because that's what offense is. It's poisonous. Offense is a real problem, but we pretty it up like it's not. But offense is poisonous to our physical bodies. It's poisonous to our emotional well-being. It's poisonous to our spiritual walks. Either way it goes, it's dangerous. Let's talk about poison for a second, for context. Because when, when you see poison or you see a warning about poison, there's usually like a skull or crossbones or something like that to really get the, the picture to you like, you might want to stay away from this. <laughs> so here's some negative effects of poison. Number one, it disrupts normal body functions. We're just talking science for a second. Is that okay? I'm a former teacher. And poison can disrupt the normal functions of the body, cells, tissues, and organs. Disrupts normal body features. Let's get, let's get spiritual for a second because the Lord says that we're all one what? Body with many functions. And when we allow the poison of offense to get in us, 
Maybe it's just a couple of us that's offended by something. But the problem is we're all one body. And if offense has you malfunctioning, not operating optimally in your role in the kingdom of God, we all are negatively impacted. That's why offense is so poisonous to us because it disrupts normal body function. Number two, it causes inflammation. Poison can cause inflammation in the body which can lead to pain, redness, and swelling. Inflammation, what happens in the the kingdom of God when offense gets in? We got a little fire. I ain't talking about the kind that Jeremiah was talking about. But we get hot toward one another. We want to go off on one of our brothers or our sisters. We want to create YouTube pages where all we do is tear down other Christians. That's inflammation in the body of Christ when we decide to live in offense. When we look at our denomination as being better than another denomination. First of all, this denominations ain't even in the Bible. When we, when we take a biblical stance and if somebody's view is different or their interpretation is different, we get inflamed and with offense. Because our exegesis is different than theirs of that one scripture. Now let's start a new denomination because I'm offended at my brother or my sister in Christ. Offense is poisonous to us. The third effect that's negative is it causes damage to organs. Poison can cause damage to various organs, including the liver, kidneys, and lungs. The damage can affect the body's ability to filter toxins. When we become a resident of our offense, we lose our discernment. We no longer have our ability to discern toxicity around us. And toxic people, because we're hurt, we're broken, we're offended, start to look like allies. And we form trauma bonds. And so now we are co-dysfunctional. We're co-offended. We're partners in our offense. And then the toxins spread because that offense lowered our discernment, ability to see the devil at work. Offense is poisonous to us. The fourth thing is it causes cell damage. Some poisons can cause damage to cells, including DNA damage. So in other words, offense can cause you to become somebody that you weren't born to be. Offense gets into you and you become the antithesis of who you were created to be because you allow the poison of offense to change you from the inside out. Offense is poisonous to us. Last one, 
probably the most obvious one, it causes death. Yeah. In severe cases, poison can cause death. Death to your potential. Death to your ministry, death to your marriage, death to your family. Death to your calling. They say that the graveyard is the most valuable place on the planet because so many people went to the grave with all of that potential unfulfilled. How many family members have you not talked to this year because of offense? How many of your marriages are barely hanging on by a thread because of offense? Some of you, this is your first time in church since the pandemic because of offense. Death. Death to your spiritual growth. You're so offended by what a Christian did that your relationship with the Christ has died. Offense is poisonous to us. Let's look at these stages one more time. Can we get a little deeper on our stages that we have to walk through? Stage one, say stage one, is when someone presents you with an opportunity to be offended. They come at you a certain way that pushes your button. Or you heard through the grapevine that they said something about you to smear your reputation. Or maybe your husband just left the toilet seat up and you're offended because you fell in. Offense comes in all shapes and sizes. But it's poisonous. And the reason that offense is so dangerous, I need you to get this because the Lord is trying to take us somewhere. He's trying to grow us up. He's trying to develop us. He's trying to make us more like him. Is that we can take offense or poison and put it in a nice pretty glass and it looks like top shelf. Looks enticing. Looks satisfying. Looks aspirational. But it's still poison. And it still will kill you. Even though we like to pretty it up. We like to normalize it. We like to say this is just how I am. You're right, it is how you are. And that's why you need Jesus. Because how you are is sinful. But this is offense. It's poison in a pretty glass. Looks delicious. Stage two, if we look a little deeper, is this. It's when 
You choose to live offended, but you don't realize that living offended is like drinking a glass of poison and hoping that they die. Every time you decide that you're going to stay in offense, you take a sip of the poison. And you think that you deciding to be offended by what they did is going to hurt them, and you fail to realize that it's only killing you. You pick your poison. The decision belongs to you. So today is a push to live like Christ. I think we need more of that in church. Amen. <laughs> we have a standard that we should be striving for. And it's written all throughout the pages of our Bible, and we'll look at some of those today, and guess what you're going to have to do? Make a decision. You're going to pick the poison, or are you going to try something different? Because by default, by default, we have been programmed to go straight for the offense. We saw it growing up with our parents, aunties, uncles, big mama and them. And then we made it our own. When somebody at school offended us, our best friend changed up on us. Somebody stabbed us in the back. By default, we just went straight for the poison. Lost family relationships, lost friendships, lost opportunities, all because we took a sip of the poison of offense. And so when we enter stage two, there is a choice. We can choose to live offended or we can choose not to live offended. You know what the devil would like for you to do? To think that you do not have a choice. He wants you to think that Offense is the only option. They did something wrong. The only thing you can do at this point is be offended by them. That's why some of you are struggling with the words that are coming out of my mouth. Because you've been programmed to think like the father of lies. Instead of your father in heaven. So you're going to have to choose today whom you will serve. The choice to not live offended is a choice for a healthy soul. We're not just trying to make you good Christians. This decision has to do with the health of your soul. Because if your soul is clouded up with offense, it can't be fully used by God. Because there's too much in the way and you have no clarity around what God is even saying to you. 
You're so lost and confused. What am I supposed to do with my life? What am I called to do? Some of you can't even make a decision on what job to take. What school to go to? Why? Because there's so much in the way between you and God. A lot of it looks like offense. It's also a choice for a peaceful mind. Somebody say a peaceful mind. And our world is so full of opportunities to take peace from us, to rob us of our joy. We don't have to go far to experience it. But when we adapt our way of living to what the Bible is telling us to do, we get to have a peaceful mind. The Bible calls it a peace that surpasses all understanding. In other words, it just don't make sense. How can you have peace in the midst of all the stuff that seemingly is going wrong in your life? It's because of a decision you made. A decision that you keep making. Because there's going to keep being opportunities for you to live in offense. I want you to hear that clearly today. We don't want to feed you pie in the sky. Like if you speak in tongues, if you give your tithes and your offerings, if you go get re-dipped, like what would you say, re-dipped in the baptismal pool? That offense is gone forever. You'll never be offended again. That's not true. It's coming. And you have to make a decision to not live offended so that you can have a healthy soul, so that you can have a peaceful mind and so that you can have a blessed life. Somebody say a blessed life. A blessed life ain't always commas and extra zeros in your bank account. A blessed life is the hand of God on it. And that's going to look different for different people. But if you are walking around offended, which turns into anger, which turns into bitterness, you, you lose your opportunity for the favor of God to be guiding your life because you're so focused on people that did you wrong that you can't see the person that sacrificed his life for you. You're following the wrong crowd. Remember what Jesus said? That if you want to be his, you're going to have to do some things. One of those things was to pick up a cross. Not pick up a new car. A cross. What was he talking about? He was talking about what he was about to experience. The only time a cross was picked up and walked with was on the way to Golgotha to die. That's what he's telling you to do. And he's telling you that that is what leads to a blessed life. You see, you're going to have to decide. You're going to have to choose. Am I trying to live like the culture or trying to live like the Christ? Because the culture would tell you that you're justified in your offense. 
The culture would tell you you should never speak to that person again. The culture would tell you you should bash them. You should put them out there. You should let the world know how awful they are. And the Christ is saying, love your enemies. Wow. Then you have to choose. (laughs) Can you love them if they have a MAGA hat on? Can you love them if they have a Biden bumper sticker? Come on, come on, because we get divided on politics real quick. Y'all just got uncomfortable in like 2.3 seconds. <laughs> Newsflash, it's gonna be Republicans in heaven. Newsflash, it's gonna be Democrats in heaven. And he probably gonna make them live right next to each other just so they can know that the other one got in. We focused on the wrong stuff. If you were focused on the kingdom, I said if you were focused on the kingdom, all this other stuff would look so small. All this stuff would look so trivial. But when we put our energy right there on that offense, it looks so enticing, it looks so delicious, it looks expensive. I'm going to take my time and sip this. We lose what God has for us. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, I need this. Turn to your other neighbor real quick and say, as a matter of fact, you need this too. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Don't drink the poison. Don't drink the poison. It will kill you. It will hurt you. It will damage you. And in some instances, it will damage you beyond repair because it's poison. It's not meant to help you. It's not meant to make things better. It's not meant to enhance your situation. It's meant to kill you. That's why we strive for no offense, because it's poisonous. Here's one thing that you have to know Write this down for my note takers. Offense is certain to happen. It will absolutely happen. Some of you will not make it to the parking lot today without somebody serving you an opportunity to be offended. It's certain to happen. I promise you it's going to happen. The question is, what you going to do with it? How are you going to handle it? Here's what 1 Corinthians says. Everything is permissible. But not everything is helpful. See, we've entered into a phase, an era of Christianity where we talk about our liberty in Christ. Where the Bible don't say 
that I can't. Jesus turned water into wine, pour it up. He didn't pour a Hennessy. He didn't turn water into Hennessy. Some of y'all. But the point is, even if you can, maybe you shouldn't. Because everything that you can do will not help you. Even though you can do it. So that means, again, we have a choice to make. This is not easy. When we decide to use the Bible to help us develop our character. When we decide to use the Bible as a standard of how we're going to live. Because we have so much cultural noise around us that says the opposite of what the Bible says, but they say it louder. And they dress it up. And they formulate their words just right to make you think that the biblical standard is outdated and antiquated. And that what they're talking about is the new, modern, and updated version of Christianity. Ain't it amazing how non-Christians be telling Christians how we should live? And we fall for it. Why? Because we don't have knowledge of what our Bible tells us to do. And so what they say sounds appealing, looks refreshing. Now all of a sudden, centuries and millennia of theology no longer is applicable. Or they tell us we've been reading it the wrong way all this time. Because we don't realize how dangerous offense is. That's why we have to keep the conversation going. Because y'all still think that it's not a big deal. You know how I know? Because you still ain't talked to that person that you was offended by before we started this series. And we've been doing this series a long time. And by now, you could have texted somebody. You could have called somebody. You could have had a one-on-one, a heart-to-heart with somebody because you realize how dangerous that offense was to you. But the fact that you're still holding on to it with a firm grip lets me know that the devil has done a good job of programming you out of your spiritual inheritance and your Father. So that's why I had to come and let you know just how dangerous it is. It's poisonous. Your offense is killing you. Not just you. What are you passing on to your kids? They're watching. They're watching your interactions and creating interactions of their own at their level. 
based on your decisions. They hear you talking about your brother. They hear you talking about your coworker. They hear you talking about your husband. They hear you. They're learning from you. And they're creating habits and routines and paradigms from you. It's not just poisonous to you, but it's poisonous to your legacy. It's poisonous to your kids. Galatians 5 and 13 says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So in other words, your freedom can put you in bondage. Yes, you are free. That's what Paul said. But don't allow your freedom to cause you to make decisions that will lead you to prison. Sometimes we, we, we have picture in our mind of what freedom looks like. So because I am free and whom the sun sets free is free indeed, y'all quote scriptures when you feel like it. You think that you can walk any way that you want, that you can talk any way that you want, that you can do anything that you want to do, but you got to understand that sometimes that freedom that you're walking in leads you to a cell that you can't get out of. You start to build habitual routines that are detrimental to the longevity of your spirit. Because you're free. Paul's warning is to monitor your freedom. Put some thought to your freedom. Don't allow your freedom to be the thing that leads you to your captivity. You need to have some foresight about how you want to walk in your freedom because just because you have the opportunity to be offended doesn't mean that you should take the opportunity to be offended. Anyone can give you the opportunity to be offended. But you get to choose if you're going to live offended. Literally anybody can offend you. A spouse, a child, a teacher. I remember in my career, when I started out in education, I was a special needs teacher. And one of my roles and responsibilities was the identification of a disability. And anytime a parent has a child that has a special need, they have to walk through four stages to ultimately get to the place of resoluteness about the situation. But the first stage is denial. Anytime that I had to bring this to a parent and this was new news, they were offended. 
at me. Because surely you can't be talking about my child. I had dreams, aspirations. This was going to go a certain way. What do you mean they have a disability? You don't know what you're talking about. Offense can come in all shapes and sizes. I remember then when I moved to become a dean. <laughs> all I did was deal with trouble. And when I had to pick up the phone and say, hey, Johnny is up here acting a fool. You need to come get him. He's suspended. Listen, I could have video evidence. I could have screenshots. I could have sworn statements. When that parent get there, they're going to tell me, uh-uh, not my baby. They are all lying. That's not him on the video. That's definitely him on the video. I was standing right there when he did it. Offense comes at you quick from every direction when they cut you off on the expressway. When they want to do the speed limit in the fast lane. Come on, we all know it's the fast lane. This is not the speed limit lane. The speed limit lane is over there. I'm talking to myself right now. I'm sorry. I just got, y'all pray for me. But it comes in waves. And sometimes we get offended because somebody is mad at us about the Christian standard that we're choosing to live. <laughs> so when they say, hey, we going over here, you want to go with us? You're like, nah. That's not what I'm on. Hashtag team Jesus. <laughs> oh, you think you better than us now, huh? <laughs> you think you all that? Well, Jesus talked about it in Matthew 11 and 6. He said, blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. Because sometimes we get to a place where we're offended that people are offended at our Christian standards. So what do we do? We acquiesce. We lower our standard. Why? Because of offense. Our life has so much offense on the table that it's getting hard to ignore it. It's right there. Sometimes you, you, know, you, you, you get that fresh, fresh glass of offense and you look at it. They just told you off and you like, you analyze the situation. Like you play it back in your mind. Like, like you remember what they had on. Like you remember the, the ambiance of the room. And you look at it from different angles. You like, I can't believe like, they must not know I'm from 79. I'm from 79. Like, who they thought they was talking to when they... And then what do we do? We invite somebody else to look at it with us. Like, can you believe what they said? 
Now both y'all look at it like, what? They said, what? They must not know you. They must not know you about that life. Now both of y'all staring at it, analyzing it. Both of y'all feeling like, yeah, you should be offended. You should take that poison. You should take a sip. Because what they did was wrong, and it was. But Proverbs 19.11 says, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory, here's the tough part, to overlook the offense. Are we going to be culture like or Christ-like? It says it's his glory. You know what that word glory means? Honor. It's his honor to overlook the offense. Y'all got so tight. It's in the Bible. The Bible is saying that it's your glory to not take the offense, but to overlook the offense. Are we going to be culture-like or Christ-like? The Lord is trying to cultivate in you. He's trying to make room for new growth and new development. And he's telling you, you're going to have to approach this offense thing differently than you have been. You're going to have to choose to do things a little differently than what you've been doing it. There's going to be a plethora of chances for you to make this decision. Because offense is so easily obtained. That's why it is so dangerous. All in the news right now is the young man in Kansas City, Rob Yarl, 16 years old, his mom asked him to go pick up his younger siblings because they were playing at a friend of theirs' house. And so he, he accidentally went to the wrong house and rang the doorbell. And the person that opened the door wasn't too happy that he was standing there and decided to shoot him multiple times. And it reminded me, as soon as Ty told me about the story about another teenager In Florida, was walking with a bag of Skittles. His name was Trayvon Martin. And somebody thought that he was in the wrong and shot him. And everything in between, I can keep naming name after name after name after name. And each situation has been tough for me because I thought about another teenager, me. 16 years old, leaving a, a football game that I just played in, driving with some friends, pulled over by the police, told to get out the car, face down on the pavement with guns to the back of my head by the police because we fit the description of a disturbance that we had nothing to do with. But in each of these Names that would come out, each of these hashtags that would come out, I could see myself in it because it could have been me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because truth be told, we weren't too happy about being face down on the ground. And some of us were saying some crazy stuff. And one of them triggers could have been pulled. But it wasn't. So then I fast forward to 2022 and, uh, and the Lord has transformed my life and now, now he's called me to pastor in this city and one of the things that he called me to do was to become a chaplain at the police department. Now, now the only way that that could happen is if I didn't allow the offense Amen. of my previous interactions with the police to cloud what the Lord was trying to do now. It's a decision. It's a choice. Are we going to be cultural or Christ-like in our decisions? I had the right to be offended. Anytime anybody is discriminated against, there is an opportunity and a right to be offended. It's there. It's plausible. But when you decide that you are going to live your life for Jesus, you have to make decisions that are countercultural. Because now the Lord saved you to be an exemplar to a dark, lost world. It doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the memories, even some of the emotions. But even that is supposed to be surrendered to him. Even that's supposed to be cast at his feet because he's taking you somewhere else. You know, there's some alarming research that says that one in four boys, excuse me, one in four girls and one in six boys are abused by the time they reach 18. So that means that there's people in this room who have experienced abuse. And so it's real. It's not fake. It really happened. The pain is really real. The scars are tangible. You have a right to be offended because what they did to you is inexplicably wrong. God can take the pain away in an instant. But it still doesn't take away what happened to you. Hear me, my brothers and my sisters. We don't live in a fantasy world. We live in a real one. He's not saying that it didn't happen. He's not saying that you don't have a quote unquote right to be offended by what they did to you. But what he is telling you, what he is warning you, what he is trying to get into your spirit is that if you sip that offense, they won't be hurt by it. You will. You're damaging your future because of holding on to the offense of your past. That's why I started this conversation by telling you, you have a future. But if you keep sipping on poison, you'll never experience it. What they did, they should have never done. But if you decide to live in the offense, they still have the power over your life. 
and they don't deserve to have the power over your life. I'll say it like this. If you play the victim, you'll stay the victim. It doesn't take away from what happened. But the question you have to ask yourself is, do I want my future or do I just want to stay in my past? God has a future for you. But if you play the victim, you'll stay right there. You'll never experience the liberty that God has for you. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be well. And that's why he says in Matthew 6 and 14, for if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly father will forgive you as well. Because what they did to you was wrong. But you have also done wrong. And if you're in need of forgiveness, from God for the wrong that you've done. He's saying to you, I got you, but you need to also forgive them for their wrong. It's only right. It doesn't take away from what happened. And it really doesn't have anything to do with them. It's all meant for you to take your power back. Because they've, they've had the power over you long enough. You've wasted enough days, enough weeks, enough months, enough years. And God has something else for you. But what's standing in the way is your decision on whether or not you're going to pick the poison of offense to ruin what God has for you to do. I know it's a pretty glass, but it will kill you. The devil dresses it up to make it appealing to you. A temptation is only a temptation if it's something you like. If it's something that you have no desire for it, doesn't qualify as a temptation. But when he makes it look like something that you deserve to have, the decision gets tougher. And some of you feel as though you deserve your offense. And all I'm trying to get you to see is that it didn't come from God, that thought of yours. It's coming from an enemy who wants you to join him in his death sentence. He doesn't want what's best for you. He wants, hear me, you to die. Verse 15 of that same passage says, but if you don't forgive others, if you decide no, they don't deserve to be forgiven. What they did was wrong. They deserve to pay. He said, your father will not forgive you of your offenses. If you don't forgive them of their offenses, this is why we're talking about no offense, he will not 
forgive you of your offenses. You won't have access to him. You won't be a part of his kingdom. You won't have his spirit guiding you. Why? Because you drank the poison. Drink the poison. It will kill you. The thing about this, what we're discussing is, you're going to have to do a lot of this work behind closed doors. When nobody's looking. When it's just you and God. And that, that it reminds me of a quote from the greatest basketball player of all times. His name is Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and it is not up for discussion. <laughs> but one thing that he said, he said, he said championships are built when the stadium is empty. Nobody's there looking, no crowd cheering you on. And you putting in the work necessary when nobody's looking. He said, that's when you become a champion. That's where you, you fine tune your craft. It's easy to walk in the church every Sunday when people are looking and act like everything is all good. That's not where champions are built. That's not where Kingdom soldiers are built. They're built in prayer. When you're on your knees before a holy God and you're pouring it out to him, you're asking him for his help, his guidance, his input. And you're asking him to change you. That's where you become a champion is in the decisions that you make when you're by yourself. You can come in here with your Sunday's best on, serve, give, clap your hands, stomp your feet, look good for the pictures. But what I'm really concerned about is what you're doing when you're not in here. I'm really concerned about how much offense you have held on to for the last five years that has prevented you from walking in your liberty. Some of you are still buried in church hurt. You come in here looking at me sideways because of what your last pastor did. Poison. Doesn't take away from what happened. What happened, happened. But what's happening now with you? Do they still have a firm grip on your well-being? Hear me. Do they still have a firm grip on your destiny. Do they deserve that level of power? 
I'm done. I just need to know, do they deserve, have they earned the right to hinder your future? Or are you crazy enough to surrender it to God? Are you, are you firm enough in your conviction to believe him when he says that the battle is not yours? That is the Lord's. Why do you want to fight this battle so much? Why not give it to him? Why not surrender? Don't you realize it's killing you? You can't even lift your hands and worship. You, can, you don't even pray like you used to. You come to church when you feel like it. Why? Because there's still that residue of offense in your heart causing you to move apprehensively. You know who doesn't deserve that? Your heavenly father. Because <laughs> he died for them and you. And he already paid for it in full. Meaning that there's no more debt that needs to be paid by you. You should be walking debt-free. There should be nothing else hindering you, holding you back, harming you from giving your all to him. Let's stand. If you didn't hear anything, just know that the choice is yours. And every, every millisecond that you hold on to that offense, you have picked your poison. The decision was yours. It's our hope today that you're willing to make a different choice. A choice for freedom, a choice for liberty, a choice for God to have all of you. That abusive parent, that abusive ex, that abusive boss doesn't deserve to have any of you. Your heavenly father deserves to have all of you. Let's bow our heads. Lord, in this moment, we want to make a new decision. We have decided that we want you to have absolutely all of us. Forgive us for allowing offense to stand in the path between you and I. And Father, in this moment, we release it. Come on, say it out your mouth. I release it. 
I don't want this offense anymore. It's stolen enough of our energy. It's stolen enough of our days. It's stolen enough of our calling. It's stolen enough of our families. It's stolen enough of our marriages. And Father, we've had enough. So in this moment of surrender, we ask for you to provide us with a peace of mind, with a healthy soul, and a blessed life. And when the next opportunity for offense comes, Lord, we ask for your strength in that moment to not drink the poison, but to instead follow your example, follow your blueprint, to follow your leading, and to overlook the offense, and to live in the freedom that your son died on the cross to provide for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus? Isn't he amazing? I'm gonna ask uh, the prayer team to come to the front because the Lord uh, burdened me, hear me, the Lord burdened me that we need to open up the opportunity for prayer for healing. And he specifically was talking about in our bodies. There are several people facing health challenges. Health challenges. That could be in their physical body. That can even be mental health challenges. And you need to know that you have a God that's concerned about it. And you need to know that you have a God who's more powerful than the diagnosis. Listen, you have a God that's more powerful than that diagnosis. So if you're facing a health challenge, I'm going to ask for you to heed the word of the Lord and to come down to receive prayer. Everybody that you see at the altar is trained and able to touch and agree that you can experience healing in your body. The same God that opened up blinded eyes in the Bible, the same God that brought hearing to deaf ears in the Bible, the same God that had the lame to walk in the Bible, is the same God in operation today because his word declares that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you don't have to leave out of here the same way that you came in here. He wants to heal you. I said he wants to heal you. He's more powerful than any prognosis, diagnosis that can be given to you. He's proven himself over and over and over again. And either you're going to have faith or you're not. But what he told me was to open up, uh, Kiana, where are you at? Can you come help me? Kiana, can you come help me? He said to open up 
the altar so that bodies and minds can be healed. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to come get the prayer that you need. God is a healer. I said, God is a healer. I said, God is a healer. By faith, he will heal you. If you trust him, submitted to him, surrendered to him, by faith, he will heal you. Every time he heals somebody, he says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. Where is your faith? Come on, we pray together in this house. So if you don't need prayer, you can extend your hand towards the people that do need prayer. You can say, Father, heal them. You can say, Father, touch their bodies. You can say, Father, touch their minds. You can say, Father, we agree with you. Heal them. Heal them. Say, Father, heal them. Father, heal them. Father, set them free. Father, let the blood of your son Jesus crown them, set them free, make them whole, make them well, make them new. Father, we believe you, we trust you, we know you to be a, a healer, we know you are, you are the one who came to set the captives free. We know that we can put our whole trust and you, because you have never failed us. You have never forsaken us. You've never turned your back on us. Father, we believe that your blood still works. We believe that your blood still works. We believe that your blood still works. We believe that your blood still heals. We believe that your blood still heals. We believe that your blood still heals. We believe that your blood still sets men and women free.
We're going to dismiss, but the altar will remain open. We're going to dismiss, but the altar will remain absolutely open. If the Lord has uh, impressed upon you that this should be your, your church that you should call home, there'll be some ways on the screen that you can make this church your home. We would love to be your church and our wife and I would love to be your pastors. I hope that you heard something from the Lord today that you needed to hear. I hope that you're ready to experience all that God has for you. And for a lot of you, it starts by you letting go of your offense. If there's someone in the room today who needs to give their life to the Lord, we want to present the opportunity for you to do that. So I'm going to ask for everybody to bow their head and close their eyes, unless you're at the altar. The word of God declares that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you shall be saved. There's a part that you have to play. So if you find yourself in this room and you know that you haven't been living your life for the Lord and you need to give your life to him or you need to give your life back to him because you haven't been living in accordance with the decision that you may have made in the past. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand as an act to let heaven and hell know that you're ready to give your life to the Lord. On the count of three, one, two, three, raise your hand. If, if that's you, I see you, I see you, I see you. If you know you need to give your life to him, I see you. You can put those hands down. So the next part is to just verbally Put it out there because again the word says that if you believe in your heart part one part two is confess with your mouth you shall be saved so i'm going to lead us in a prayer and if you raise your hand and you want to give your life to the lord i just want you to repeat after me but know that at this church nobody prays alone we're all going to say the prayer with you because we all want to believe in god in partnership with you so repeat after me dear lord my father in heaven I believe in my heart that you sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. And he lived a perfect life. And he surrendered his life on the cross for me. And I also believe that three days later that you resurrected him out of his grave for me. In this moment, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Jesus, come into my heart, take control of my life, and be the Lord over my life from this day forward. I surrender my all to you. From here on out, I wanna be yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, all nations, what do we do when people make the most important decision that they will ever, 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 ever make? We salute you, we're proud of you. We're so glad that you had enough confidence and faith to put it out there and surrender your life to the Lord. That's the most important decision 
that you can ever make. But that's only the beginning of the journey. It's not the end. Now you're walking into a newness of life and there's some things that you should do. You should pray every day. Because in the natural, in any relationship that you have, if there's no communication, the relationship will fall apart. So it's important that you spend time in prayer every day. You should also read your Bible, whether that's an app you download or a physical Bible that you may have some dust on your bookshelf with. Open it, find out what he has to say. You can't serve a God that you don't know. So it's important that you dig into his word. And third is you need to have community. Keep coming back. Keep being around people who are on the same journey that you are on. We find our strength in community because we were made for community. I'm going to pray us out. Again, the altar is open. If you know you need prayer, God said that there was people who needed healing in their body. If that's you, make sure that you come and get the prayer that you need. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day that you came and spoke a word that was a word that we needed to hear. Help us to become more like you by taking this word and applying this word to our lives. Help us to come out of agreement with the standard that the culture has given us and come into agreement with the standard that you have given us. Help us to walk and live Christ-like and not culture-like. Help us to rid our life of offense and help us to handle offense properly when it shows up at our doorstep because we want you to get the glory out of our life. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's worship. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.